I'm Ashley Smith Thomas, a millennial talking about freedom and national security for America. I'm the founder of Freedoms Fund USA, a nonprofit to protect freedom and national security. I am a speaker, advocate, and thought leader. I spent 2016 saving Christians targeted by ISIS in the Middle East. This was truly an eye-opening and life-changing experience as I watched and learned from my fellow Christians who longed for freedom. It was that experience that became the inspiration to start this show. In this show, come with me as I interview experts about key freedom issues in America and how we can protect freedom. Because if we lose our freedom, how can we bring freedom to the whole world? Let's take action together and let freedom ring. Welcome. My name is Ashley Smith Thomas, and I am the host of Freedom Talks. The purpose of this show is to educate Americans on key freedom and national security issues. I like to bring on subject matter experts onto the program to talk to us about these key issues, but more importantly, provide us a call to action so that we can make a difference and be the change. As you know, we've been talking a lot about critical race theory and this Marxist teaching that we've been seeing infiltrating our education system. We've been trying to dig deep into where it's coming from, why it's happening, why are we seeing these changes within our school districts and teachers leaving left and right, especially here in the state of Texas. Well, today I have a very special guest with me who truly has been on the front lines fighting for the rights of children and using her voice to make a difference. And it is with a huge honor to introduce to you Rebecca Friedrichs. Rebecca Friedrichs is part of a national movement to restore the voices and authority of parents and teachers in America's school. As a 28-year public school teacher, she was forced to fund unions whose politics and divisive tax tactics degraded her profession, our schools, and our national character. Her lawsuit, Friedrichs versus California's Teachers Association, brought with her 10 other teachers and that argued before the U.S. Supreme Court in January 2016 and blazed the trail for ending forced unionism for all teachers and government employees in the United States. Her book, Standing Up to Goliath, told through dozens of powerful personal accounts, is Rebecca's expose of corrupt and abusive unions. Rebecca, along with her husband, Charles, also founded For Kids and Country, a national movement of parents, teachers, and citizens uniting to restore our schools and culture. Rebecca's editorials can be found in the Washington Times, Washington Examiner, Fox News, and other outlets. She appears regularly on radio and television outlets, and she's the host of Prager University's video on why good teachers want school choice. She was the second speaker on the opening night of the 2020 Republican National Convention. Most importantly, Rebecca is a lover of Jesus Christ, and she's the wife of Charles and mother of two grown sons, Kyle and Benjamin. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here today. It's my honor. Thank you for having me. 
Well, I know we've been trying for quite some time to get together and have you on this program. I first heard you last summer there at Debbie Georgiotis's event where she was really highlighting and exposing critical race theory. And one of the things that I just found to be so profound is when you brought up teachers unions, because it never had dawned on me to think about the teachers unions and how they have such a role in our education system. So can you start off just one, sharing with us, why you became a teacher, and two, can you just explain to us about the teachers' unions? What's really going on here? Well, I became a teacher because I love learning and love imparting knowledge. And when I was a little kid um, and, and in high school, college, there were so many teachers that they would teach us broad categories, but they wouldn't teach us the details. And so I was lost a lot and had to reteach myself. So I wanted to get into a classroom and help children to understand things from the details all the way out to the big picture. And I just absolutely adored my students. I taught kindergarten through fourth grade. I miss them so much it hurts, but um, we're fighting for them now for all of them rather than just one classroom full at a time. So the teachers unions. <laughs> when I, the best way to start it, I guess, is when I was a student teacher, I was 22 years old. I was learning from this incredible master teacher. And next door to us was this teacher who would literally every day grab the kids and scream in their faces and, you know, kind of shake them. And she was always picking on the wiggly little boys. And it just, to me, it was child abuse. So I asked my master teacher, you know, I'm supposed to report child abuse. What do I do? You know, the teacher next door is abusive. And she sat me down and she said, Rebecca, today's the day you learn about teachers unions. The district can't get rid of her because the unions defend her. So uh, then she also told me that the unions were funding all kinds of political agendas that most teachers completely disagreed with. So uh, gratefully, I was told that information as a student teacher. So my eyes were wide open. When I became a teacher, I was told that I could not teach unless I paid the unions. I didn't have to join and I didn't have to be a member, but I had to pay fees and I had to accept their representation. What's the difference? At that time, it was about 50 bucks a year was the difference. So I was still paying hundreds. Most teachers pay about 1200 a year now. All of their money goes to hard left politics, Black Lives Matter and CRT and radical sex ed, anti-discipline policies that have turned our schools into war zones. All of that is the fault of the teachers unions. They're behind defunding police. They're behind open borders. They're behind the Biden uh, regime. They're behind all of this stuff. And, and most teachers have no clue that they are funding the demise of their profession, their classroom, and their republic. They, have, they just don't know. So um, my goal is to always be out getting the message to people that we need to help teachers to get out of unions. And we have a lot of, a lot of ways to help people with that. When did you start noticing any changes within the curriculum? I mean, I know here in Texas, we've been fighting a lot for quite some time, the highly pornographic sex education that has infiltrated the classrooms. Uh, we've also still been battling critical race theory. And while it's been so-called banned, it's still being implemented, whether it's through science, math, literature. Um, how or when did you start to see the changes within the curriculum? And when were you starting to become concerned? Yeah, it's really interesting. I started seeing the changes when I was a student in middle school. 
So, and even in the sex ed, I recall being taught things that I knew were against my family values and biblical values on which I was being raised. And I was being taught those things in a public school classroom, in a health class, and the Planned Parenthood people were coming in. So changes have been going on for a really long time. Uh, I also personally know people who in those olden days, you know, I'm in my mid fifties. So in those olden days, they were taken off campus during the school day for abortion. Parents never knew about it, never gave permission. So this has been going on for a really long time. And the teachers unions are behind all of this too, along with Planned Parenthood, ACLU and others. Uh, as a teacher, so when I first started teaching, my biggest concern was phonics had been removed from the classroom. And thank God, my master teacher had brought in her own phonics program. She had learned it from the developers of the program called Open Court. It was incredible. It was written by a couple of nuns. Anyway, so I got to learn this incredible phonics program from her. As a child, I didn't get phonics. I was taught Dick and Jane. People don't realize the phonics was removed on purpose when I was young. And those who really understand how children learn to read, uh, having a lack of phonics is a cause of dyslexia. So removing that phonics was on purpose and it was actually to dumb down our country. And I can go back into the history of that if you want me to. Um, but I noticed, so I noticed in my career immediately that things were being changed. I noticed that um, uh, values were being removed. Uh, cursive was being removed. And personally, I think that's because all of our primary documents, including our constitution and Bill of Rights, they're all in, in cursive. If you can't read cursive, you can't you know, know your history. So, but the biggest change came when Common Core was uh, brought into our schools. And of course, it was brought in with a carrot. If the schools took this money, you know, if they did Common Core, they'd get all this federal funds. So if you really go back in the history, a gigantic change happened when Jimmy Carter was elected. The teachers unions, that was the first person that they supported for president. His thank you gift to them was the National Department of Education. That's when the major changes started happening. And then I could tell you all sorts of details around that if you want to know. Oh, that'd be great, please, because I think a lot of people don't understand how far back this even goes. Yeah, I'd love to explain it. So in 1857 was when the first National Teacher Association was started. It was started by, from all I can tell with my research, some loving teachers, about 100 of them, who really wanted to promote Judeo-Christian virtue in the class classroom because that's how our schools were taught in those days. The founders set up our schools, classical liberal arts education, including morality, because they told us the only way to keep a free republic is with a well-educated and moral citizenry that can self-govern. So our schools were teaching morality. We had the Ten Commandments hanging in every classroom. We had Bible reading in every classroom. We had prayer in every classroom. It is not True, this whole separation of church and state argument is a big lie. That's not in the Constitution. It, it came in a letter from Thomas Jefferson, but it means the exact opposite of how it's being interpreted today. The church is protected. We never, they never ever said that we couldn't have Bible or prayer in our classrooms. So that's the first thing we need to know. So this teacher association was started and they made these little booklets called Selections for Memorization. They were made in light paper, so they were one penny a piece. And the goal was teachers would buy one for every student every year. And in class, they would memorize these. They were full of prayers. They were full of the sweetest little poems and stories about heroism and patriotism. Uh, even some uh, patriotic tunes were in there. So students were memorizing these every year. Well, at some point along the line, the unions infiltrated the teacher associations 
in the late 1800s, and they started undermining the teaching profession. The second thing they did was a group uh, that came out of Nazi Germany started something called the Frankfurt School. They started the Frankfurt School, I believe it was 1933 at Cambridge University. And so that Frankfurt School was specifically started to promote critical theory, Mm -hmm. critical race theory, critical class theory, critical whatever you want to set in the middle theory, right? Dividing everybody against each other. So this Frankfurt School is key in understanding what happened to our schools. These communists worked together with the so-called teachers union, the National Education Association. They worked together and they started training superintendents and principals first, and they were able to get a stronghold. Eventually, they were able to take over the teachers' colleges, and they are now influencing every teacher who comes through a teacher college. And so these teachers are learning uh, really communist Marxist theory um, as part of their training. And that's how our schools got infiltrated, K-12, university, and even our government preschools. And one last thing, a lot of people think John Dewey was you know, some good guy who made the Dewey Decimal System. That's not right. John Dewey was part of this whole Frankfurt School and this whole uh, Marxist push, and he was named the honorary president of the National Education Association. So that just helps you see the connections on how the teacher, so-called teacher unions have been involved in this from the start. It is their goal to undermine our free republic. They do not believe in uh, our constitutional freedoms. They are working to undermine our constitution. So any problems you see out there where our, con- uh, you know, we don't have justice or our constitution is not being interpreted properly, the teachers unions are behind it in some way. And the billions that they collect annually, tax-free from educators are behind that. And educators, a lot of them don't know, they don't have to pay those unions anymore. So that's another thing we help them to learn. Wow. That's just so unbelievable because it's sad to think that there's a group that is trying to deliberately undermine our freedoms, our heritage, our values, principles as a nation. Why do you think the union is intentionally undermining our constitution? What's their motive and agenda behind that? Yeah. You know, the best thing, the best way I can describe it is they're not really a union and they're not really representing teachers. Yes, maybe some of them were teachers or still are teachers, but they're not representing the whole of teachers, not even the majority of teachers. So they're masquerading as teachers, they're masquerading as unions. So it's always been their goal to undermine our republic. So the sooner people can understand, see, if you are a a deceiver, and you want to undermine a country, you're not going to come out and say, hey, here I am. I want to undermine your country. You're going to stand behind the sweetest and most trusted faces you can find. So who did they stand behind? Little children, because people will pay any taxes for the children, right? Mm -hmm. It's not really going to the children in most cases. It's lining the pockets of these very wicked people. And then who else are you going to stand behind? The most trusted profession that has access to the children, access to the next generation, They knew that the classroom is the most powerful way to to either teach something for good or indoctrinate. So that's why they set their eyes on the classroom, on the children and on the teachers to literally flip our culture. So the best thing I could say is don't don't think of them as unions anymore. They're not. Wow. Well, you know, it just kind of goes into those... uh, 
40 goals that that was read into Congress back in 1963 of the 40 communist goals. And it's amazing how it even outlines even there to target the schools, to infiltrate the curriculum and to get the children to think one certain particular way. And it's just crazy to think that this has been going on for decades. But I think, I think families and parents, they're now just starting to realize it. And I think that they're starting to wake up after COVID and now really kind of forced to see what the curriculum is that their children are having to learn. Um, do you see, particularly where you're from there in California, parents rising up to the occasion and giving pushback? Like, are you encouraged by that? Do you feel like the tide is finally turning? Oh, I'm very encouraged. I've been in this battle for over 35 years. My husband taught 42 years. Um, I'd still be there if it wasn't for this nightmare that the unions have caused. I'd still be with my sweet students. So um, in the old days, like even when we brought our lawsuit, we filed that lawsuit in 2013, we stood very alone, just 10 teachers. We couldn't find it. You know, everyone else was, wanted to be with us, but they were too terrified to speak out. Um, but since COVID hit, so this whole, you know, um, I call it a pandemic because they, they they clearly planned it and they're do, using it for all kinds of control and uh, you know overreacting and all this government control. Um, but it's really um, uh, what do you call it? It's like it's been flipped on its head. They had these evil plans for us, and like the scripture talks about uh, for for Joseph, you know what you meant for evil, God used for good. Mm -hmm. So that's how I see this whole COVID thing. I don't. There were hardly any parents or teachers awake before COVID. There were some, especially here in California, they were pushing back on the sex ed big time. We had a big group of parents, but by the millions nationwide, no. So as soon as the COVID hit and they could start seeing what their kids were learning, I mean, we just started thanking God. Thank you for answering our prayers to awaken people. So they're awakened now. We need more awakened. And we are praying now for justice and for change and for righteousness and that parents and teachers can stand together and restore our educational system to what our founders meant for it to be and not this massive industrial complex that is being used to damage our, our children. So I have more hope than I've ever had. Do you feel like that, you know, with us seeing what's what's going on and obviously the, the impact that these unions have within the education system, would you say that that, that is what is fueling this push of social emotional learning, the sake of equity, critical race theory, and why do you think that they are trying to push that narrative on children? Yes, it's 100%. All that you mentioned is all pushed by the so-called teacher unions. They lobby for it. They fund it. They support it in every way. They push it. Uh, they teach it to, to teachers. Uh, why are they doing it? Because those are all communist theories, Marxist theories. Um, critical race theory, the radical sex ed, and social emotional learning, I call them a trifecta. They work together. They undermine the morality they undermine, they, you know, they divide everybody. So they undermine our, our united um, front. I mean, we're a melting pot. My students and I used to say, we're living Dr. Martin Luther King's dream because I had every color in my classroom and we all loved each other. And then the unions and their friends come putting this poison back in our country and dividing us by race and class and sex and everything else, you know, it's horrible. And so the trifecta, the critical race theory dividing us, 
the sex ed, um, undermining the morals, and then the social emotional learning, what do they do? They put our masks on our kids. They don't let them go to school. They make them, but kids depressed, you know, the suicide rates up. And then they say, oh, we'll fix your kids. You know, send them to us. We're going to do social emotional learning. You must reject social emotional learning. It's just more CRT. It's more sex ed. So I'm really glad you asked about that. And as an educator, are you concerned about the statement that was released by the National School Board Association last fall when they were asking President Biden to deem parents domestic terrorists for even pushing back against the school board members? What are your thoughts about that and what concerns do you have pertaining to what had happened last fall? Well, I'm just going to be straight out honest. That was evil. You don't call parents domestic terrorists. Uh, first of all, they're the taxpayers. Second of all, the children belong to them. God gave them to the parents, not the state. Um, and the Biden administration is 100% out of line. I actually joined Moms for America, and we all went and we had a protest in front of the National School Board Association headquarters in Virginia. That's how strongly I felt against that. So what they're doing is, again, this is a typical communist tactic. They are using the government, the power of government, to punish and control the people. That's the exact opposite of a free republic. In a free republic, the government is afraid of the people. In a communist or you know, socialist system, the people are afraid of the government. And that's what's going on right now. We need to fight back on this. We cannot let the Biden, this is why I call them a regime. They are not uh, behaving like a, um, a fairly elected um, representative of the American, we the people. Uh, they are punishing us and brutalize, brutalizing us using government against us. So 100% against that, and we'll continue fighting it as well. So you started for Kids and Country to use as a platform to be a voice for parents and teachers and children. Can you explain to us just what you have done through for Kids and Country and what parents can do to learn more about the work that you are doing? Sure. Well, my husband and I started for Kids in Country because we were unable to find a way after the lawsuit ended to continue getting the voice out there to people that um, teachers shouldn't pay unions anymore and that parents and teachers need to come back together again because the unions have divided us. So we decided, okay, then we'll just start a nonprofit and that's what we'll do. We really consider ourselves a messaging campaign. We just get the message out there. So the first thing I did was write a book and it's called Standing Up to Goliath. And it is uh, full of the testimony of dozens of brave teachers and some parents and even a few kids. And we expose the evil going on in the schools. There's three chapters on the sex ed. There's a chapter on these anti-discipline policies. There's even a chapter about how the PTA has been corrupted by the teacher unions. You can't trust the PTA. If you're in the PTA, go get a PTO, parent-teacher organization. So uh, the PTA runs lockstep with the teacher unions. So we just expose all of this. And then we also let educators know that um, there was finally a win in the Supreme Court and they no longer have to pay these dues to the unions. They could pay them nothing and they're not gonna lose their job and they're not gonna lose their contract. And we can get them uh, through these other independent organizations that we send teachers to, they can get better liability insurance, double the coverage for a fraction of the price. And it's better coverage. So um, we're just, uh, teachers, educators are very deceived by the unions. So our goal is to shine the light of truth on that darkness 
and to help them see the truth. And we ask parents and others, anyone who cares, to adopt the teachers around them, put your arms around them and educate them and stand together and give them the courage to leave these unions and to eventually boot the unions out of the schools uh, because teachers can do that standing together. So um, that's it. We're just trying to galvanize people, bring them back together again. You mentioned the lawsuit, and I'm assuming that is the uh, Friedrichs versus California Teachers Association. Can you share with our viewers a little more about that? What was that lawsuit pertaining to? Sure, I'd love to. So it was uh, 10 California teachers, and um, we were trying to do three things. Number one, we wanted to end forced unionism for all government employees. Because for over 40 years, we were all forced to pay unions as a condition of employment. We thought that was wrong and immoral, especially since the unions spend all the money on radical left politics. They don't really represent us. So number one, end forced unionism. Number two, we sought to end the collection of dues through paycheck deductions. Because right now, or you know, when we were suing, and still, um, the unions collect the dues through paycheck deductions. So the taxpayer is funding the collection of dues and then handing them over to a private organization called a union. We think that's corrupt. So we were suing to stop that. And the third thing we wanted to stop was they always forced you in the union and then you had to figure out how to opt out and they play all these tricks and bully you and do all these things. You can't figure out how to opt out. It has to be a full moon on a Saturday. I mean, you know, it's just crazy stuff. So we wanted opt in where you convince us that you're good for us. So our case was doing all three of those things. Um, when our case was brought in January 2016, we were one of the two biggest cases that year. The other one was Little Sisters of the Poor, which had to do with Obamacare. Um, exactly one month after our case was heard, Justice Scalia died. And we knew we had Justice Scalia's vote, and we thought we would win with a five to four decision. So when we lost, when he died, a dead man's decision doesn't count. You lose the vote. So we ended up with a tie, which was devastating. But another case was built on our case. And once uh, President Trump won and a new justice was selected to the court, that case went forward. They were only asking for one thing, enforced unionism. They weren't asking for the other two things. So we begged the court, a bunch of teachers, we wrote a brief and we begged the court, please, please, at least give us opt-in. And they did. So in June 2018, every government employee in the United States of America was freed from forced unionism. You might be in a union shop, but you don't have to pay them anymore. They're going to bully you. Who cares? Stand up for your country, for your kids. These unions are bad news. And it's all the government unions that are involved in this crooked stuff, not just the teachers unions. Um, and we also were able to win opt-in. So if you get a job in a union shop, a government union shop, they can't automatically put you in. You have to choose to join. So um, that's basically what that's all about. That's incredible. Well, congratulations on that case and we'll talk about a victory. So that is amazing. Um, when I had heard you speak there at Debbie's event last summer, there you gave such a great analogy and you had stated that it appears that everyone keeps whacking at the branches trying to solve, uh, you know, you've got your Planned Parenthood issue over here and the sex ed, you've got your CRT. So everyone's whacking at the branches, but they're really not going to the root of the problem. And when you had shared that the root is the teachers union, I just found that to be so incredible. And so um, 
my last question for you is what would you say is a call to action for parents to get to the root of the problem instead of just smacking at all the branches? I'm so glad you asked this question. So parents, the root is so much bigger than you can possibly imagine. All the things I just described, this is a a literal communist takeover of our country and the government unions are funding it and they are supporting it. And if you're in a government union, you are likely funding this. So the root is these government unions. The call to action would be, we call ours adopt a teacher because we're standing up for teachers, but adopt any government employee, adopt a DMV worker, you know, adopt someone that works at the VA, anyone who's paying a government union, adopt them, put your arms around them. If you go to our website for kidsandcountry.org, we have adopt a teacher um, menu item and it takes you like three minutes to read it. It's just, you, you just embrace them, you educate them, you empower them, you help them to learn what their unions are actually doing and then empower them and teach them. You don't have to pay them anymore. And people are terrified. Okay, this, this way that you're all being canceled and all that, that's been happening to teachers for decades because these same nasty people who are canceling everybody run the unions. So teachers are really scared and so are a lot of other government employees and bullied. But if you stand with them, then they don't have to be as scared, right? They have someone with them. So that's what we ask. That's our call to action is stand together. And then for teachers, if you're watching, anyone who's in a union, we also call on you to have a mass union exit. Get out, find the courage, stand with friends, stand together, get out of these unions. Did you know that in any uh, government union shop, if 50% plus one person decide to just decertify the union, it's gone. They'll fight you tooth and nail, but it's worth the fight. So let's decertify some unions. Let's get some people out of the unions and we can turn our country back around. That is fantastic. And before we leave here, you have a film coming out. Can you share with us what that is about and where parents can go to view it? Yeah, I would love to. So we wanted to get the word out even more. So our organization for Kids and Country partnered with this star-studded um, production team and um, you know they have years in Hollywood and they really know what they're doing. They've done beautiful work. So we're partnering together and we've created this movie called Whose Children Are They? And it's really about the tension between do the kids belong to the parents or the state? And so Whose Children Are They? Exposing the hidden agenda uh, in America's schools. Um, it does just that. It, we expose the agenda through testimony, personal testimony, and then we give people answers. What are the answers? How can we get out of this mess? And so um, they can find the movie at whosechildrenarethey.com. I believe we have a short teaser on there right now, but each day new items are coming out so people can go back or they can sign up for alerts and they can find out when new materials come out. We ask you please to share with your network, help us to get it out there. Um, the movie will launch via Fathom Events on March 14th. So we'd love to have you gather up all your neighborhood and get out to a theater that's showing it, um, you know, or have an event in your church. Um, the more we can get the truth out, the sooner we can win this battle for our kids and our country. That's so good. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining me today and just sharing your insight and wisdom. And thank you for fighting for the future of not only our country, but our children who are truly the next generation. And we just appreciate you and look forward to having you back. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to coming back.
Thank you. Well, again, first and foremost, I would like to just thank Rebecca for being here, but also like to thank our sponsor, Vibrant Health MD, for making this episode possible. Vibrant Health MD is a health and wellness practice located in Plano, Texas. They will help you discover a healthy life so you can live your best life. To learn more about Vibrant Health MD, visit vibranthealthmd.com. And as I conclude here, I know I say this all the time, but it is so important that we speak truth, seek truth, and then spread the truth to our friends and family. Because if there's ever been a time where truth needs to prevail, it is now. Because we are living in a society where we are calling good evil and eval good. And that is just so back, just completely backwards and wrong on so many levels. And that is why we've got to make sure that we get the truth out and even the truth about our education system. So I encourage you all to visit whosechildrenarethey.com. Keep your eyes and ears open for March 14th for when the film is out in theaters. I encourage you all to see it because we need to fight for the future of our children. We need to fight for the future of our country. And together, I truly believe that we're going to be able to stand for righteousness, speak truth, and protect freedom. Thank you and God bless. Public education has gone off the rails. Now it's about power and money and politics and somehow the kids are getting lost in all of that. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you're a mom and a dad first. Critical race theory is dividing our children in ways that are unacceptable. You cannot use racism to eradicate racism. Our teachers are bullied. Parents are shut out. Less than one third of America's school children are proficient in anything. They're teaching these kids X-rated sex acts. When we look at this radical agenda, the way our children are being exploited and the way parents are getting shut out, it comes down to one fundamental question. Whose children are they? Whose children are they? De quien son esos niños? Whose children are they? <laughs>